my delight to be sharing the Word of God with you this morning. Pastor Andy is uh, speaking up in Taunton in Somerset today. Anyone ever been to Taunton? Yeah? Anyone like Taunton? Nice place? I've been to Asda in Taunton once when um, Elliot was a baby, actually. Here he is, 13 and a half years old on the front row. Thank you, Nathan. That's almost perfect. Um, and uh, he would only drink this really thick uh, formula milk that we couldn't get anywhere in South Devon where we were staying on holiday and we had to drive all the way to Taunton to get this thick formula milk for Elliot so that we could feed our baby. It's very irresponsible of us going on holiday without enough of the formula milk, but hey. Um, Ignition are just going out. If you're years uh, seven to nine, you can go and join Ignition. That's it. Excellent. Ben, you're a little bit old for ignition. I think Ben's serving ignition today. Good on you, Ben. <laughs> awesome. So, so um, just following on from what's been spoken over the last few weeks by Pastors Andy and Gina, anyone been enjoying the messages over the last few weeks? <laughs> you don't have to put your hand up, but I have. Um, and uh, just love that the theme has really been about trusting, trusting God. Um, and last week, Gina shared a, a, just a really inspiring message about the heart of God, about the character of God. God is a God that we can trust, isn't he? He is the awesome God of the whole universe, but he is a very personal God who loves you very much and sees every detail of your life. Isn't that interesting to consider that sees, God sees every single detail of our lives? Um, he's our loving Father, and um, although... Uh, there are things that we get wrong. There's mess-ups, failings um, regularly on our part. Um, God just loves you because he is your loving heavenly father. And, and he wants the best for you. He wants you to make choices that will take you on the path of life. Um, and, uh, and that's really the heart of everything that, that we speak from this platform is we want to encourage you not just to be a child of God, not just to, to know that you're part of God's kingdom, but to learn how to live as a part of God's kingdom. That's what Jesus spent three years doing, isn't it? When he taught his disciples, everywhere he went, he taught on the kingdom of God um, to help people not just understand that they're a part of the kingdom, but to live as children of the kingdom. This morning, I want to talk about storms, because uh, here's a fact, um, storms come, and there's not a lot that we can do about storms coming in our everyday lives. Um, so just following on from this theme of, of trusting God, I want to encourage you today, when storms come in your lives, keep trusting God. Amen? When storms come in your lives, keep trusting God. Because actually it's not whether the storm comes or not, it's what you do when you're in the storm. Turn to the person next to you, say it's what you do when you're in the storm. Okay. So we're going to think about that this morning. Let's turn to the book of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. So, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mark 4, 35 to 41. Are we ready? Are you sitting comfortably? 
Is it too warm in here or is it just me? Okay, I'm absolutely sweating. But no, I'll suffer for the sake of your comfort. Um, everyone ready? You turned there? You found Mark, the Gospel of Mark? Okay, if you haven't found it yet, you probably never will. Verse 35. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. I always think that's really interesting. So Jesus is in this fishing boat going across the lake, um, but people just want to be close to Jesus, so they all get in their boats. Little did they know a storm was coming. Soon a fierce storm came up. I bet they regretted it then, didn't they? High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Not a good situation. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. I didn't even know they had cushions in those days. Like 2,000 years ago. Well, I think that's really clever that cushions were invented at that stage. Everyone, anyone ever thought about that? Did, did anyone know they had cushions back then? Yeah. I thought they just had like boulders that they put their heads on. I think I'm going back, back maybe a little bit too far, aren't I? Right, anyway, stop distracting me. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? <laughs> what a question. Jesus, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, or peace in other translations. Peace, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Everyone say calm. All right. Just trying to prove how cool I am and relevant. Uh, then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. <laughs> Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. I just think that story is full of fun, humor, uh, and it's very serious as well. So, um, just the first thing to note in this story is that um, this boat was full of believers. Every one of these people on this boat had put their faith in Jesus, right? So I don't know about you, but I kind of expect a little bit more from believers sometimes <laughs> than to be absolutely terrified and think, you know, just kind of like, okay, we're going down with the boat. Um, but this is the, a fact. Okay, so this boat was full of believers. Everyone on this boat was a follower of Jesus. So I think this scenario paints a really good picture of how believers, you and me, may respond in the midst of the storms. So one way that, that we might respond in the middle of the storm is, now Jesus was out with very skilled fishermen, wasn't he, who were very good at boating and um, in the midst of this storm, I expect these skilled fishermen who were very sailing, I couldn't think of the word, who were very good at sailing. Um, and I think that they probably applied their great skills to what was happening. Um, they, well, they did whatever they needed to do in sailing terms to make that boat stay on top of the water and not fill up with water and capsize. So that's one way that we sometimes react, isn't it, when we go through storms, is, is we apply all of our strength, all of our skills. Um, we try and sort it out in our strength, don't we? Anyone ever done that before? 
that kind of is my go-to a lot of the time, I have to admit it. That kind of is my go-to. I'm like, well, I know a lot of stuff about things, uh, so I'm going to just sort it all out myself. That's one reaction that, that people can have in the middle of a storm. Another reaction that people might have in the middle of a storm is um, they might hide. They might sort of bury their head in the sand and pretend it's not happening. Does anyone, is that your default, anyone here today? Maybe don't put your hand up. But, um, you know, some people, that is their reaction. When, when, when the going gets tough, the tough hide. <laughs> um, that, that's often the way that people respond to storms in life, isn't it? And this isn't what Jesus was doing, by the way. He was like, at peace. He wasn't hiding from the storm. He was on the boat. He wasn't trying to jump off the boat. He was just in this place of amazing peace. Um, but some people, some people just want to hide when they go through the storm. Maybe that's you today. Other people just absolutely freak out. Like when you go through a storm, like you want everyone to know that you're going through a storm. You apply great drama to your life and you just have an absolute freak out. That's the way that other people might respond in the midst of a storm. Um, but there was a, another person on the boat, as we know, Jesus. And his response to the storm, I think, is like the perfect response. He was asleep in the bottom of the boat with his head on a cushion. He wasn't even like roughing it. He was like in this place. His life was in a place of great calm. His life was in a, great of, a place of great peace in the midst of the storm. And I believe it's possible, even though we go through storms in life, I believe it's possible to have great peace in the midst of the storm when we trust God. And the key is trusting God. That's the key. <clears throat> so us believers... Actually, we're not living as believers when we don't trust God because the two don't work together. If, if we call ourselves believers, then let's believe. Let's trust God. We're no different to the people in the world when we try and sort things out ourselves or when we you know, try and apply our own strength and skills to things or when we just try and hide away or when we go into this massive panic mode. We're no different to people in, in the world that don't have Jesus. But we're believers. And so actually, we're called to be different to the world. And that's why Jesus challenged his disciples regarding their faith. What did Jesus say to them in verse 40? He said, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? I mean, you've spent several days with me now, guys. You know, you can start to trust me now, is basically what Jesus is saying. Um, but maybe it's early days for the disciples. Maybe you and I wouldn't have done any better in that situation. But the truth is that believers believe we trust God. Love this verse. Proverbs 10 verse 25 says, If the storms of life come... Did I get that right? <laughs> Work with me. <laughs> when? When the storms of life come... I'm having fun, are you? Okay. When the storms of life come... The wicked are whirled away. You picture the, um, what's that movie called with the witch that gets, not the witch, but the Wizard of Oz. Dorothy. Dorothy gets picked up in the house and goes, woo. Um, so when the storms of life come, the wicked are whirled away, but the godly have a lasting foundation. It's good, isn't it? I kind of just see like your feet are just glued to the ground, just, just staying where you are. 
That's the godly that have that foundation. So in other words, in the Old Testament, when it talks about the wicked and the godly, the wicked are the unbelievers, and the godly are those who believe that are God's people. Um, So let's look at Jesus in the boat in the middle of the storm. Let's see the results of trusting God in the middle of the storm, walking by faith. Well, the very first thing that we see is that Jesus had peace in the middle of the storm. Didn't he? He had great peace in the middle of the storm. Do you know why? He knew who he was. He was God's son. He was watched over and protected by his Father in heaven. And those who have put their faith in Christ are children of God. You're a child of God. Even if you're really old, you're a child of God. And if you're young, you're his precious child. In 1 John 3 verse 1, this isn't on the screen, but it says, remember it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. That's what it says. So as God's children, we can know his peace in the midst of the storms. In John 14, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he's talking about going away. He's talking about the fact that he would lay down his life on the cross, that he would be buried, that he would be raised from the dead. Uh, and that after then 40 days of, of people witnessing that he was raised from the dead, he would ascend into heaven and basically leave them to it. <clears throat> and so you and me, 2,000 years later, we are the ones that have been left to it by Jesus to do the work of God's kingdom on this earth, aren't we? That's our, that's our job. That's what God's called us to. And he told his disciples that they wouldn't be left as orphans, but that he by the Holy Spirit, would be with them always. And because his disciples would have the Holy Spirit with them always, and not just with them, but dwell in them, that they would have great peace in this tumultuous world. Did I say that right? Looking at Philippa. (laughs) She always tells me if I say stuff right or wrong. Um, So, (laughs) John 14 Verse 27 says this. Jesus is talking to his disciples. I am leaving you with a gift. Peace. Everyone say peace. Not just of mind, but of heart. Say there and there. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And then he goes on to talk more about the Holy Spirit. So don't be troubled or afraid. Because we have the peace of God at work in our lives What an amazing gift the peace of God is. I think sometimes we probably take it for granted and sometimes we probably forget that we have this gift of peace in our hands that God has given us. And I think there are people in this world who are in stress, who are in panic, who may be famous and may be rich and may have status, um, may be successful in this world, but they don't have peace. And they would do anything to have the peace of God And I think the best combination there is be successful and famous and rich and have the peace of God as well. Um, Know God. You know, if you're in business, if you're in the marketplace, then good on you. Good on you for being uh, light in this world, in, in the area where you are. 
But remember, you're a child of God at the same time and take God's peace with you because you shine that light and people, they will want what you've got. So when Joshua became a leader of the children of Israel, he was about to face many storms, wasn't he? Many battles. And God said these words to Joshua, just on this, on this thought of, of God never leaving us, God always being with us. Joshua 1 verse 9, be strong and of good courage and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isn't that a wonderful promise? That Joshua had from God. But we're reminded in Hebrews 13 verse 5 that this promise that God made to Joshua in this moment where Joshua was about to enter into many storms, many battles in his life. We're reminded that this promise of God is for us as well in Hebrews 13 5. God has made that same commitment to you and me and it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In this version it says, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Who's happy about that? Who's happy that God has made that promise to each one of us today? So that's the first thing. When you trust God, you can have peace in the midst of the storms. The second thing today is this. From a place of peace. So Jesus was asleep in the bottom of the boat, head on a cushion. Disciples woke him up. And from this place of of peace in his life, what's the first thing that Jesus did? He rebuked the winds. Okay, he didn't deal with the waves, first of all. He rebuked the winds. Now, the winds are what caused the waves to be battering against the boat. And the winds speak of demonic forces that were stirring up the waves to beat against the boat. And when you go through storms in life, and I'm not saying this is the case for all battles that you go through, all storms, but many times the, the things that are beating against your life, you have to look beyond them and see what the root cause of them is. And often that can be um, a spiritual attack, demonic uh, forces stirring up things to beat against your life, right? Everyone following me? So the waves were beating against the boat. Now, in our lives, the waves may look like this. It may be people who have been just nasty to us. It may be situations that we're going through. It may be circumstances that just seem to be happening that are not good in our lives. And perhaps actually those people and those situations aren't evil in themselves, but Actually, maybe there are demonic forces behind what's happening. And I'm not saying that everyone who's mean to you is being um, caused by a demon to be mean to you or anything like that. I'm just saying sometimes you have to look beyond the, the immediate thing that's beaten against your life. Do you understand? And often we try and deal with the person or the situation. If Jesus has tried to deal with the waves before he dealt with the wind, the wind would have still been blowing and there still would have been waves beaten against the boat of his life and the ones that he was with. And often we try and deal with the waves, the people, the circumstances. We, that's where we go to because that's what we're seeing that's beaten against our lives. But actually there's something behind it often. And, and so there's often a, a spiritual battle that has to be fought Fought first. He said first. Ephesians 6, 10 to 12. Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 12. 
A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places or the spiritual realm. So there's not time today to teach on spiritual warfare, but let's remember who we are. We're God's children. Let's remember in John verse 10, chapter 10, verse 10, you know, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give life and life in abundance. So let's remember that there is an enemy, but let's also remember that we have the armor of God available to us. Now, God's armor is a defensive suit. Every item of the armor, bar two things, the shoes of the gospel uh, and the sword of the spirit. God's armor is a defensive suit, but as part of the armor, we have been given this sword, this sword of the spirit. What is the sword of the spirit? The word of God, right? The word of God. This is the word of God. This is the logos, the, the logic, the wisdom, the thoughts, the intents, the very character of God in a book form. And when you read this, you're bringing God into your life and you're bringing God into your situation. And, and so it's important that we understand that, that we have this sword and that when the winds are blowing, when, when things are, seem to be stirred up against our lives, we can come against those winds. So Jesus, first of all, rebuked those winds. And then the third thing that we need to know um, about the result of, of trusting God in the midst of the storms is that Jesus, from a place of peace, not just rebuked the winds, but he... He brought peace to the waves. He spoke to the waves. And I find it interesting that sometimes once the, the winds have been dealt with, the waves continue to, to batter against the boat. And my thought there is that, you know, there's sometimes things that have been stirred up when you're going through a storm by those um, evil or demonic forces and once you've dealt with those demonic forces, sometimes there's still some waves beating against the boat of your life. So it could be something like this. This could be a relationship. So if during the storm that you were going through, things were said or done by someone that you're close to or a friend that were hurtful, then actually you've dealt with what's behind it, but now you need to make peace with that person as well. Really important. Um, if during the storm, um, you know, we, we lost our fitness, then you need to deal with your fitness. Um, maybe in the storm, um, your finances were completely messed up. Now, deal with your finances. Get your finances back in order. Maybe during the form, uh, the storm, sorry, um, your routine was totally messed up. Maybe you need to get some routine and discipline back in your life. Maybe you need to make yourself accountable now because in the storm, you became isolated. Now, maybe you need to bring some good people back around you once again. Does this make sense? So that's not just dealing with the winds, the things behind the stuff that's beaten against your life, but actually the stuff that's beaten against your life. Once the storm's subsided, then address those things as well. And one key area is forgiveness. If, if it was a person 
that was beating against your life, you've got to forgive them. It doesn't mean being their best friend. Maybe you were best friends and maybe you will be best friends again. But it, and it certainly doesn't mean allowing them to hurt you again. Um, but it does mean forgiving them. Forgiving them. Releasing them. We've got to ask God for wisdom, haven't we? Because we've got to get this right. And also it's good to ask for help when you need it. And we see that the disciples, they came to at least they at least they asked Jesus for help. When they were struggling to, to, to trust God themselves, at least they went to Jesus and they asked him to help them. Amen? Everyone okay? Okay, good. i got four questions. Might not get through them all, but I've got four questions that I want to answer now as we just finish looking at storms today. Number one, what happens when the, the storm doesn't seem to be subsiding. I have rebuked those winds with the word of God. I've taken my sword of the spirit. I've rebuked that, those demonic forces behind the stuff that's beating against my life. I have endeavored to, to speak to those waves, to, to make peace um, in this situation with this person or in this circumstance. And that doesn't seem to have... The, so, the storm is still raging. What happens when it just seems to keep going and keep going and keep going? Well... Keep trusting God. Keep trusting God. Keep praying. Keep going. It's very simple. <laughs> if the storm keeps going, you keep going. Amen? You know, the peace that God gives us, even when there are storms raging all around us, God's peace is complete. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. Philippians 4, verses 6 to 8. says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about, come on, instead, pray about, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now... Dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the peace of God will be with you. you know, and this just says to me, that we can have peace in our lives in the midst of the storms when everyone around us is totally freaking out. We can have the peace of God in our lives. But one of the key things to that is don't keep looking at the negative stuff. Don't keep looking at the storm. But what does um, the Apostle Paul say here when he writes to the Philippian church? Fix your thoughts on what is true, right, honourable, pure, lovely, admirable. So get your minds off of the stuff that is making everyone else around you panic and get your mind and get your heart set on the goodness of God. Okay. And also, keep putting into practice what you learned and received from me. Verse 9 there that we just read. That, again, that says to me, find people that are on the same page as you. Other people that are trusting God. Other people whose hearts and minds are filled with the peace of God. 
If, if, they're, if they're in a place of peace, get them near to you. Because then you can, be, you can learn from each other, can't you? Okay. And I love uh, also Psalm 23, verse 5. It's not on the screen. But you know, it says, you prepare for me a table in the presence of my enemies. You know, in the presence of all the stuff that's going on around you. You're sat at this amazing table of God, just feasting on the goodness of God. Just enjoying the, the love and the, the kindness of God. Um, that's how we should be in this world. Here's another question. What do I do when I don't feel like I've got enough faith? Phone a friend. That's, that's one thing you can do. I mean, I know the word of God. Um, faith comes by hearing the word of God. So phone a friend that is going to encourage you in the word of God. Amen? So what did the disciples do? They woke Jesus up. And uh, Jesus wasn't mad with them. He was just encouraging them to, you know, apply their own faith. Um, make sure you've got people on your life journey who that you can call on and for help when you're struggling. Amen? All right? People on your life journey that are with you on the boat that you can call on for help when you're struggling. Um, I would say, phone a friend, do not ask the audience. You know, those people that are just watching you suffer in the storm, but not drawing close to you and not encouraging you, that's the audience. They're watching you. <laughs> Don't ask the audience. And to be honest, the audience always get it wrong anyway. Phone a friend. That's what I think we should do in the midst of the storm. Call on Jesus. I mean, it's not rocket science. Call on Jesus. Call on the name of the Lord. Psalm 116, verses 1 to 5. Psalm 116, 1 to 5 says this. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. Death wrapped its ropes around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then I called Phone a friend. <laughs> Stop phoning friends in church. Turn your phones off. <laughs> then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. Please, Lord, save me. That's what the disciples did, didn't they? Please, Lord, save us. Or don't you care that we're drowning? <laughs> How kind the Lord is. How good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. So, thank you. <laughs> Another question. What happens when the storm, storm subsides but there's damage? Things just aren't the same. Keep trusting God. Do you know, often when you come through a storm, there is damage. There's stuff that doesn't look the same. Uh, things get broken in the storms. Um, but we serve a God who is able to work in your brokenness. I just think that's wonderful. We serve a God who gives beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. You know, restoration doesn't mean that things will be the same. Yet somehow, and this is only God that can do this, somehow God can restore to a place of glory again. 1 Peter 5 verse 10. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, so suffering happens, 
after you've suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. What great words. Restore, support, and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. My last question today, which I'm just going to squeeze in here at the end. What should we do when the storm has ceased? Well, our hope is in the Lord. And when we hope in God, in other words, when we actively put our faith in him, it's like an anchor that that holds us in place. And not just holds us in place, but brings us into a harbour of God's peace. Even when the storm is raging all around us, we have this hope, this trust in God that keeps us anchored and keeps us harboured. And we can experience great peace in the midst of the storm. Hebrews 6, 19 to 20 says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Just stop there. So let's always give praise to God when we come through the storm, when the storm subsides, when things get back to a place of calm. Let's always be a people that recognize the work of God in the midst of those troubled times. Last verse on the screen, Psalm 107, 28 to 32. Psalm 107, 28 to 32. That's small. That's small on the screen back there. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things that he's done for them. Let them exalt him publicly before the congregation and before the leaders of the nation. So there is a place to give God praise when the storm has ceased. There is a place to give God thanks. Amen? And we've got to be a people who are good at giving thanks to God. Always recognize the work of God in your life. So I just want to encourage you today, in the midst of the storm, in fact, just close your eyes. Just listen to to my final words today. In the midst of the storm, just close your eyes and just listen. In the midst of the storm, keep trusting God. And as you trust God, you will know his peace that passes understanding. And from that place of peace, you will have strength to rebuke the winds and deal with the waves that have been battering against your life. So Father, I just pray for every person in this room today, Lord, that we would hear and receive what you've been speaking to us today. Lord, that we would be a people who are good at trusting you in the storms. That as we trust you, we would be filled with your peace. And that peace wouldn't be a a far-off thing that we can only hope for, but it would be a very tangible thing in every single life. A tangible thing that brings us into a peaceful harbor in the midst of the storms that rage around us. Lord, thank you that you give us the strength to rebuke the winds, that you give us the strength 
to speak to the waves. And whatever that means for each person here today, Lord, I just thank you that you just reveal that to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to... I just want to finish by just asking if there is anyone here who hasn't yet made their peace with God, who hasn't yet accepted Jesus. Because until you accept Jesus, you don't have peace with God, the God who created you, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who placed you in this world. You don't have peace with God until you accept Jesus because until you accept Jesus, you have this stain on your life called sin. Sin is everything that you've ever done that doesn't glorify God, that, that isn't up to his perfect standard. And uh, every single one of us have sinned and come short of God's glory. But the truth is today that Jesus took our sin when he died on the cross. And in order to receive his salvation in your life, all you have to do is put your faith in Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you took my sin when you died on the cross. All you have to do is say, God, I don't want to live that way anymore. I'm going to live your way from now on. So once again, heads bowed and eyes closed. Let's just pray this prayer. This is for those who are just making their peace with God by accepting Jesus today. Just uh, repeat these words after me, please. Say, dear Father, I accept that I cannot live up to your perfect standard, so I repent of my sin. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to pay the price for my sin. I believe that you forgive me and you make all things new. I surrender to you and ask you to be Lord of my life. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and empower me to live a life that honors you. Thank you for loving me. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. If anyone prayed that prayer today, and this is the first time you've prayed a prayer like that, you've just made your peace with God. Maybe you've been wandering from God and you've just, you've just made a decision that you're going to come back onto God's path for your life today. Well, everyone's heads are bowed. Uh, please, would you just raise your hand so that I can just see you and so that I can pray for you today. Just raise your hand high in the air so that I know where you are. Wonderful, thank you. Anyone else today? Wonderful. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this lady who has just responded to you today. Lord, she's just made her peace with you, and that's just an amazing thing. And I just pray, Father, that you would just hold her hand and you take her on your path for her life and that you would lead her into your perfect plan in Jesus' name. Amen.